We work to work, you late to work, I holla and they send it You know my pride was colder than Chicago in December My dog out laying the law, ain't breaking no laws, I'll serve no rock. Beats outside, still fucking in the car, still flipping in the car, still shooting at the car. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the You Know Ball podcast. I am your host, Trill Bro Dude, and today I am very excited to have back onto the podcast just a little over a week later after our last episode where we discussed the Sixers Raptors series. This time, I'm very happy to have him on because it means that the Sixers avoided the collapse allegations and, for now, do not appear to be frauds. So, for now, most importantly, <laughs> but we have Mike Chiato. What's going on, Mike? I'm very good. How are you? We're feeling great today. We're, yeah, we're, great. The vibes are up. 4-2. did not know it was possible for the vibes to be this good after Monday. but I honestly was panicking. Like, I was... I I didn't feel that bad after game four because I was like, they're going to yeah, win care. one game. Like, I didn't care about game four. Yeah. When they lost game five and they looked disgusting, I was like, oh, no. Yeah, I was I was panicking the night of Monday night game five. I was panicking like I was just losing my mind. Like they have no heart. Like they're just soft. Like they'll never. I was in full on like slander mode. Yeah. And then Tuesday, I was kind of like, well, I'm still mad, but I think they'll probably win on Thursday. And then by Wednesday, I was all in again. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad I didn't record a podcast. I had multiple people reach out to me about doing an emergency podcast after game five. But this is why you don't overreact to one playoff game. The, sh- the vibe can shift so quickly. Obviously, the slander would have been generational if... Yeah, we gotta give them. We gotta give them credit if they do one thing after humiliating Game Five home losses and they win Game Six is on the road. Luckily, they don't have a Game Seven after this. But yes, yeah, fantastic, fantastic news. Um, I don't really know what that was last night. I honestly was completely shocked. I said on the live stream, I thought it was going to come down to the wire. I thought that it would be much closer based on the last few games. Like, I mean, like. The Raptors won the games, but they were mostly close, close enough games. Their leads weren't like 20. They were like 12 for the majority of the game there. The Sixers were keeping it close even when they were losing. And I, I was not feeling good after the, the even game three, which we won and I recorded about that game. Like, I just felt like, what do I make of this team? The first two games, we looked fantastic, you know. It seems like the series kind of swung with the Fred Van Fleet injury. Like, it seems like whenever he was on the court, the Sixers had someone they could target. He was he looked compromised. He didn't look good at all. And then all of a sudden, the Raptors, they can't. So, like, Harden looks like shit. Maxi can't hit a fucking shot. Embiid, even Embiid, like, and that's part of the reason why I was worried about recording that episode and overreacting because I was like, what is Embiid doing? Like he was moping mm-hmm. around, he was whatever, and then you get the weird comments coming out of the press conference from Doc and Danny Green, which are basically like like Doc defending his his record of blown leads, yeah. and Danny saying like you know we gotta either we either gotta uh you know 
step up, nut up, or collapse. And then I'm like, okay, that doesn't make <laughs> me feel any better, Danny. Yeah, Please he, don't. The vibes were very weird. It seemed I, like they were fantastic, and then they shifted. I can never tell what the, the Sixers vibes are because it seems like they're constantly awful. But then you'll also see things, and you're like, this is the closest team we've ever seen. Like, they're, they're, the vibes are great. And I, I, just, I, can, I can never tell what the vibes are. At, like, probably two years running out since 2020. I the vibes I could just never tell, but yeah, like I, I had a feeling yesterday they were going to win comfortably. They were going to come out and step on their throats, but I was nervous in the first half because Chris Boucher, it just felt like one of those games, Maybe. like Chris Boucher is going to score 35 points and we're going to go back to Philly for a game seven where precious Achua hit three, three shortly in the first half. <laughs> but yeah, like they just really the first half, if not for Boucher, some there was like some lucky stuff. Like the rebounding is a problem, but there was some lucky yeah. like bounces for the Raptors. They probably should own up ten at halftime, and then the second half they just came out and the game was over. Like Maxi went on a little run at that point. They're up fifteen or whatever, and then Embiid and Harden just took over, and that was it. Yeah, uh, I think Harden setting the tone the way that he did yeah. in the first quarter was extremely important because. I was a little bit nervous about Joel's comments after the game when he said, you know, I've been telling him he should be more aggressive. That's mm-hmm. on coach. That's on him. Like, yeah, he came was, and especially even Joel, like is he finished very well, but at the beginning, Joel looked a little, little off. He, yep. They were going at him to start the game. Scotty Barnes went at him the first two possessions, I think. Yeah. And that was and, a little worrisome. And especially after game four, where defensively I've never seen a team attack, mm joel like that like he there was i think nine straight points the raptors scored on joel at one point it was very uncharacteristic it seems like you know joel in space isn't the best defender in the world but he can hold his own usually especially it really seemed to me like he was just moping all of monday's game and he was just feeling sorry for himself with the thumb and stuff and when they were just going at him he was just it felt like he was just overwhelmed and he was just not really giving as much effort as he normally does but yeah yeah and then for him to come out and have a great defensive game like he did last night after yeah. you know struggling was was really good to see Harden coming mm-hmm. out kind of stepping on their throats from the jump we even had a dunk yeah. from Harden which I didn't even know he yeah. could do anymore um yeah. I mean not as surprising as the Danny Green dunk but definitely <laughs> a very surprising I, thing it might have been, been close it I was, was definitely close it was a contested looked, dunk too. He legitimately looked really good last night. Like he did. Not the final numbers. The final numbers are good. They don't show it. But he, from the jump, you could tell he was. He came out. He was getting more space. He was getting to the rim easily. He was finishing pretty well. Missed. Yeah. A, missed, missed a re- really easy layup early. But yeah, he set the. He really set the tone. I felt like early in that game. Absolutely, and that was completely necessary because I feel as though. When you run an offense with Joel out of the post, that sometimes that option's just not going to be there. And one of the reasons mm-hmm. why we got Harden, and one of the reasons why you know we we felt great about this this offense was because you had multiple perimeter options between him and Maxi that you could run the offense through. And Joel was essentially last night kind of just acting like a play finisher at, on the mm-hmm. pick and roll, get getting deep seals like under the basket yeah. basically. And then they just Niang and Harden and everyone just had to get the ball to Joel. And he was able to just easy peasy, make a bunch of layups and dunks and, and get to the line. Like mm-hmm. it was the bet. Like doc said before the game that we have another gear that we can go to. And then I'm like, 
well, fucking show us it. Because you showed us it yeah. for two games, and, like, it was good. But last night, and, and the one thing I've been talking about this whole time, and, like, keep in mind, it is the Raptors, and, like, they're not contenders. So, like, I'm not expecting this team to, like, be, like, world beaters or whatever when they really give a shit. But at the same time, like, I've been saying I've been waiting for a signature win. And I do feel like last night would be categorized as a signature win. They blew them out to the point where the reserves were coming in at the end. They won the series. They made a statement on the road in Toronto. And everyone looked great offensively. And when they were locked in defensively, they looked really good too. Yeah, that, that was definitely very encouraging to see. Because if they would have gone in there and just squeaked out a win, you know, no one really looked that good, but they just squeaked it out because they're better in the Raptors. It wouldn't have been great heading into the Miami series. You probably would have felt pretty bad. But you get that win, and I think everyone's back on board now. The It's a good for the team. I actually think – I'd actually probably argue it's good that they lost game five and had to go through that where the entire world was against them. They had to really band together. They went to a really hostile environment and shut them up. Yeah. And just destroyed them utterly. They just destroyed them. You know, Uh the rest time would have been the same. Like people will probably say the rest. If they've lost, if they won on Monday, they'd be playing Saturday. And now they're, so it's one day difference of rest. But yeah. that's a, that's, and that's basically a, even if you win game seven, that's a schedule loss for, for yeah. the Monday. You got Harden going to Miami with no rest. I mean, come on yeah. now. We are, we're talking yeah. about a man who is incapable of that at this point in his career, especially considering the uh, the environment in South Beach. Uh, but <laughs> I do just think that, like, we needed this, we needed that statement win, like you said, like we needed them to come out and kind of just put their foot on the gas and show that they were the better team. Because other than the offensive rebounding, it did feel as though the Sixers dominated pretty much every aspect of that game. The offensive rebounding from Toronto was driving me nuts. Yeah. Um, I just don't understand it. I really do not understand. So it. bad, it's so bad. I and get, a lot, I, I get they're slow. They're they're yeah. small aside from Joel, and they're unathletic. But man, like I, it cannot be this hard. Tobias what? is the only one that even fights for fucking rebounds. Yeah. To be honest, which is cra- oh to Paul Reed too. But like that's crazy. Like you cannot you cannot do that against Miami. No, it just cannot happen. And and I just want to brush over this point a little bit the thigh bull stuff get this guy yeah. off the fucking team dude i don't yeah, even want to see this guy like last last, last night i was thinking about how great the night was just an all-time night and like something's gonna happen that brings us down and what happened was at 2 a.m i was like oh that's right matisse exists <laughs> game five his stretch so everyone looked like shit during game five so i don't want to I don't want to go too hard on Thibel, but I'm going to because he sucks. And it's amazing to watch that game and defensively even getting blown by doing his bullshit recover thing, which doesn't always work. Never making a shot, getting to the line twice, missing both free throws. The only time he even scored a bucket on any of his six attempts in that game was during uh, was because Precious Achua knocked the ball back in on an on an attempted rebound. Yeah, and that that pass he made in the in the corner where Maxi passed to him and passed it back and just passed it right to Scotty Barnes. It's one of the worst passes I've ever seen, and it was probably the moment where you were just like, okay, we're we're losing this. Like this is this is a disaster. 
And yeah. Doc stuck with him in the second half. Honestly, I got to give Doc credit. I thought he was really good this series. Like, I think that all was, things yeah. considered, he was fantastic. I think the two things that drove me the most nuts were three things. There were three things that I had mentioned that drove me nuts, which was treating Pascal. By the way, Pascal Siakam, my agenda was going to be in hell if we lost this game or series because Pascal Siakam looked awesome for most of the series. I've always been a little bit he lower. Looked, well, he looked awesome in game four five in the first half of game six yes and to be fair game four three oh series that's kind of like a mid-march game three <laughs> thrives game five look the sixers were asleep okay game six beginning he was uh, thriving off the home crowd i'll give him credit for that he disappeared in the second half like i didn't hear his name once in the second half yeah he had like, two really bad second halves in this series when it felt like if the raptors had a real guy like if Scotty, if you age advanced Scotty Barnes by a few years, or even if you just He's brought right. someone in, right. no, no, uh, what I'm I'm not even saying uh, what I'm trying to say here is that Pascal Siakam, as good as he is will, at times, he can't be your number one yeah, guy yeah. if you want to. I will not give up. any Raptor any semblance of credit. Well, I mean, I do. I, do, I, will, it's I, do, cool. I do not want to hear anyone talking of giving them credit like good game guys. Like Scotty's going to be a beast. No, I don't want to hear that. No. Well, that's why they got Thad Young, dude, because now they have Thad Young, too. They traded a first-round pick for Thad Young, who played with <laughs> Allen Iverson on the Sixers. <laughs> uh, also, little sidebar before we get into the, how good Doc was in the series, which is something that I begrudgingly will talk about. Goran Dragic last night tweeting. I don't oh, know if you saw this. I saw it. Oh, yeah, I saw it. <laughs> Everyone is mean, very angry. He, if if you fair, didn't see this, I give I him to, credit. I need to like, put I, it in I, context, I, though. Hold on. If you didn't see this, Goran Dragic, who just got swept in the first round, which is kind of funny, if you, all things considered, people were giving him shit because uh, he had didn't want to be in Toronto. Basically, made it known from the jump, and instead of just releasing him, they waited until the trade deadline, traded him with a first round pick for Thad Young, which still makes literally no sense to me like especially because toronto's like a pretty good drafting team like why the fuck are you trading a first round pick for thad young it didn't make any sense to me but anyway goran dragon it again <laughs> malachi flynn I, maybe malachi flynn yeah. just was like what are they going to do without getting this year's malachi flynn oh my god <laughs> they, they're screwed so they end up uh, you know, whatever they cut, uh, he get, he goes to San Antonio, Goran Dragic gets bought out and he said he wanted to go somewhere more competitive. So he signs with the Nets, which by the way, what, of course that like, even though the Nets went out sad and they went, they, they got swept, like they were much closer to title contenders than this Raptors team. I don't even think that's debatable. No, if Kevin Durant, like yeah. the Celtics would have beaten the Raptors so bad that Raptors fans would have just i don't know what they would have done it would have been very concerning for celtics fans they would have been in danger by the way Dragic, like i give him credit for standing up to them like he probably did not feel safe there and i can't blame him like, he, tweets the, he tweets the crying face emojis after they lose last night and uh that sent the whole nation into a tailspin look he wanted to be on a contender that's the reason he had to say the real reason is he did not feel safe with his family in Toronto. <laughs> How 
How could you? By the way, he's the Sixers, tweet, it was like it Sixers, was like, like can the Sixers like tweet out a picture of the six of them arriving in, in Philly? Like I'm concerned with the picture yet. Arriving in Philly. I just want to be sure they made it out safely. Yeah, I mean, based on some of the threats that were made after game one, uh, I am concerned about Joel's well-being and where he is right now. So hopefully, Joel, if you're seeing this, uh, DM me or something. Because, yeah, by the way, he does follow me on Twitter. Um, just in case. No, but I, I do feel as though, kind of going back to what we were talking about with the Doc stuff, like, Doc was pretty, pretty, like great out of timeout that he called at the end of game three. Um, you know, I felt like the rotations were pretty good. The main gripes I had with the rotation was in games one and two, he had this rotation that I, I might've mentioned on the last podcast. I can't remember where he ran Paul Reed with the four starters. And then he just decided to not do that anymore. <laughs> like my biggest thing with him, other than like sticking with his guys, like he does with Thibel and he did with Deandre Jordan for too long is there's not really a lot of rhyme or reason to anything that Doc Rivers does. He kind of just like throws shit at the wall. And even if it sticks, he sometimes is like, no, nah, we're just going to do something else next time. And I'm like, Paul Reed plus the four starters was fantastic. And then we didn't see it again in game three, game four. We saw it for one minute in game five. And then I believe he did bring back that lineup or at least a variation of that lineup last night. And it worked yeah. fantastically again. I, I don't, I didn't get like it his thing where he was taking Joel out with like four thirty left in the first quarter and then bringing him back with a minute left yeah, and then giving another rest early in the second. I kind of like that. And during yeah. the regular season, I like going with Joel the whole first quarter. I like that in the regular season, but in the playoffs when he has to exert so much energy, I think it's probably a good idea to get him to two rests in the half. Plus it, he, he also, plus when he came out the first time, it was, I think it was the B-ball Paul with the other four starters lineup. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, I mean, they, the, honestly, the only time that I felt worried last night, well, once again, the Raptors started the game seven for eight. Gary Trent Jr. couldn't miss. Chris Boucher, who I have called Dirk, uh, Toronto Dirk Nowitzki before when he plays the Sixers. We had him during the live stream. I asked them to look it up because I was like, how good is this guy against the Sixers? Because it feels like he never fucking misses during the regular season against us. He's a career 55.6% three-point shooter against the Sixers in the regular season. I know he didn't really make an impact on the series until last night, but I was yeah. like, of course. So the hot shooting fades for them. The Sixers come out with the zone in the second half, and the Raptors cannot score with on the zone. Uh, they, they never really figured it out to the point where the Sixers' lead just completely fucking ballooned. Uh, I knew the game was over when Maxi hit that three to extend it. Like I never feel comfortable when the Sixers have a lead, but I will say I was, as I was saying during the stream, it's like, they don't have a guy like Trey young or they honestly, like they don't even have like someone like last year's version of Lou Williams who would come off the bench and just like give mm -hmm. you nightmares offensively. Sometimes like Gary Trent jr. Gets hot sometimes, but he's not going to run the offense. Like they just don't yeah, have the initiators mm -hmm. to come back when they're down 20 in a game and come back and win it. Yeah. So I wasn't you as have, afraid towards the end. Yeah. You have to think like if the Raptors could have gotten Tyrese Maxey, how perfect a fitty would, they would definitely have done it. You know, I, I that's just, I'm just saying I, I you would think, like what you just said, they don't have that guy. You'd think if they would have had a chance to get Tyrese Maxey in a trade for, let's just say, an expiring contract, they definitely would have done that deal. So it's unfortunate. That any, they didn't have that any expiring contract, too. 
yeah, it, especially a guy who you're probably going to rest the rest of the season because he just doesn't feel like playing anymore. <laughs> but, you know, that's a very unique circumstance that I'm sure the Raptors didn't have. And I'm sure Masai would not have passed up because he's Masai and Jerry. Of course not. He would yeah. he would send a message to the league, you know? Yeah. yeah. You can't lowball Masai. And Maxi would not be lowballing him, but, you know, yeah. if he had just a chance to Right, yeah, I'm right, just saying, right. like theoretically, it just you just it crossed my mind with what you were saying that how perfect Tyrese would be on that team. It's unfortunate because they would be a pretty cool team with Tyrese, but it's unfortunate yeah, they didn't have that chance. Definitely. Oh, I actually think that this series is going to make it because I was thinking about it before Game Six, and I was looking at the on-offs with Fred Van Fleet, and I don't know if you saw the on-offs with Fred Van Fleet I during this series. I knew they were bad though. They were horrendous. Like Fred Van Fleet. They, and I'm not going to blame it all on Fred Van Fleet because he was part part of it was the fact that he wasn't himself, and then another part of it was the Raptors just kind of sucked in games one and two when he played. Not just him, like everyone fucking sucked. And but when he was on before last night in 140 minutes, they had a negative 16 net rating per 100 possessions, and when he was off, they had a plus 10 net rating. And my takeaway from that is that I think that they're going to go sicko mode and lean further into whatever they think is going on. In, yeah, they're like, going to – I would love for them to trade Van Vliet. That would be awesome. I think they're going to do it. I think they're going to just go all forwards, all wings. Yeah. That would be awesome. It would backfire so bad. It, oh, <laughs> my God. I need that so bad. It, Masai – thinking that you can win with all forwards. That'd be such a Masai thing to do. And in August, everyone's going to be like, oh my God, Masai, he's got, look at this, how stretchy they are, those length. Oh, they're going to be so dangerous. And then they'll win 40 games. <laughs> it's because Nick Nurse will play them 47 minutes a game well, in the regular Nick, season. Nick Nurse will be in LA, but they'll have some True. assistant. Yeah. 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 Maybe one of their assistants that they've... they'll have Doc Rivers. <laughs> Wait, who will have Doc Rivers? The Raptors? <laughs> yeah. Well, they can, not if we win the title. Well, they don't have a first round pick to trade us, so we they we, can take we, them. Well, they will take Van Vliet for Doc is a fair trade. <laughs> I agree with that. I actually think it, Masai, call us up if you're interested in a Fred Van Vliet for Doc Rivers trade. Masai, Both point guards. Masai, Masai seems like a Doc guy. <laughs> so. I do just want to say, I mentioned this on the live stream as well, but like this idea that Nick Nurse wouldn't take the Lakers job is insane. Like, here's the thing. You might hate danger. the Lakers. What's up? The man's in danger. <laughs> no, they love. No, no. But that's the thing. If you're their guy, yeah, like true. they love Nick Nurse. They, 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 threats. they love Masai. They love, they love all of their if guys. You, if you question Nick Nurse's rotations, they will show up at your house. <laughs> they, but if he goes to the Lakers, he's got to get out of there fast. And yeah, he cannot go back. When the Lakers play the Raptors next year, he cannot go back. Someone else got to coach that game. So, <laughs> have a bodyguard with him 24-7 while he's walking. Give him the advice. Room. Nick, if you need some advice, DM me. I'll, I'll, I'll give you some advice. Mike is never allowed in Canada himself, so he, he gets it, you know. Uh, but yeah, so the Southern California thing is like interesting. Like, what? Like, how, Again, you people, might hate the Lakers. You people, might hate the people Lakers. Are talk, people are talking about how bad the job is. Like Russ, it's Los Angeles. Like, 
<laughs> it's Toronto versus Los Angeles. This isn't even a Toronto slot. Like it's Toronto versus Los Angeles. Yeah. It's there. You're rich and famous and you can do whatever you want. Nine, 99 out of a hundred guys are going to pick the Lakers job because of where it is and because of the history like even if you don't want to coach LeBron I don't think and as we brought up on the stream last night I don't think he's a LeBron kind of coach I don't even think that that solves any issues but I do think it's funny that people are like why would he ever want to leave and then I'm like it's Southern California and it's also like you can literally just live in Malibu and chill this guy lived in England for 20 years and now Toronto you don't think he was going to be interested in a job in Southern California He's there in Los Angeles. He's there. He's there. he's he's done he's done his tour of duty in these in these other countries. He he deserves the Lakers job. But yes. yes. So back to Doc. I thought Doc was very good in this series. Uh, second time that a Sixers coach has outcoached Nick Nurse in a playoff series in the past few years. Um, honestly, like I probably we could talk a little bit about the Heat series because you know. They avoid game seven. They move on. I do, I still don't know what to make of this team because there are times where they look like, holy shit. And there are times where they look like, holy shit, this is bad. So yeah. like, what do we really make I'm of? Not, yeah, I don't know. Like, my what do we make is of that? My hope is that like, maybe they just took their foot off the gas after game three. And even though they didn't look good in game three and that, <laughs> the team we got in game one, two, and six are the team we'll get the rest of the way. But realistically, if you look at it, if you get like two or three games where they look like the 98 Bulls <laughs> in a series, then you just got to win one more. So you just got to scratch out a win where you're not the 96 Bulls. But yeah, if you're the 96 I mean, Bulls, I'll take our chances. I, I do think that heading into the Miami series, Miami's a better team than Toronto. I think that their talent is, I think they're kind of just like the better, ver- like an optimized yeah. version of what the Raptors are. Like they have long, good defenders. They have actual, like, but they have like all NBA play, like Jimmy Butler's an all NBA player. Um, you know, they have, they have shooters like this. The, the Raptors don't have any, like the, the, the Sixers, I believe even in the game where we lost in game f- uh, five, the Raptors were getting open shots and some of them mm-hmm. were by design just to let guys yeah. shoot. But like they were shooting like 20% from three, like in order yeah, to, to beat the heat, you're going to need to have a much better defensive effort. I feel like offensively, they're going to have some games where Harden is just not like it pretty much all comes down to what Harden is because mm-hmm. if Harden comes out and looks like he did last night or like he did in game one, the Sixers have a chance to beat pretty much anyone. Like they, like they can, they can compete at least with the highest of the high in the league. And I don't, I don't know. Like I'm confused because I feel as though the Sixers obviously have the top end talent advantage with Joel Embiid. Spolster is someone who's given Joel fits in the past too. Bam's an adequate defender of Joel, especially when you can send help and you're not as reckless as Toronto is just throwing bodies at him where he can kind of exploit that sometimes. So Mm. I do think that, I think it's going to probably go six or seven. I think that the, like, 
Spolster's just a much better offensive coach than like Nick Nurse is a really good defensive coach. Spolster's good on both ends. And I think that that advantage wise, like tactically, the talent gap being smaller than it was in the last series, plus them having a scheme, plus them having depth, plus the fact that they are like a real team. And that's one thing that I've been like, even though I like a lot of the players on the Sixers, it's still feels as though to me that this is more just like a collection of talent kind of like the 1819 team where they just had a bunch of talented players but they didn't really make sense as a team like this like the the heat make much more sense as a team to me than the Sixers so it'll be interesting to see what comes uh, of this especially with their health question marks yeah it feels like it's gonna be have to be like a big maxi series to me yeah because maxi's gonna you know, they attacked Van Vliet a lot before Van Vliet went out, and that's where Maxie's getting a lot of his buckets. This series, Maxie's going to need to be attacking Hero and Robinson nonstop because yeah. he can get by those. He can score a lot on those guys. My biggest concern in Heat series is Gabe Vincent. But... <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah. Um, and my other biggest concern is Dwayne Dedman, I believe, is like 6'10". So he's 7'10". I, the... I looked it up. Oh, he's 7'. That's not good. That's not. Doc's going to see that. He's, he, he's going to see he's 7 foot. He looked up the he, he guaranteed Doc looked up the height. So DeAndre will be back in there. He's on basketball Excellent. reference right now, looking at the centimeters. Making we, got a, sure. we got an email back uh, basketball reference telling us knock him down to 6'11. 6'10. Can we get a 6'9 on Dwayne Dedman, please? My other but seriously though, like Doc, I really hope Doc sticks with what's going on and he doesn't like Matisse does not play a ton. DeAndre doesn't play at all. Danny Danny stays in the starting lineup. Bebo Paul's the backup center. That's honest, like legit. That's a concern that Doc in this series will switch it back up, and DeAndre will be the backup center. Matisse will be back in the starting lineup. That that's my concern. And that, that would happens, be a disaster. It's if that happens, yeah. If that happens, like maybe Doc adjusts, but it will be two zero Miami coming back. Hundred percent. Yep. DeAndre but, Jordan can't see the floor because they they will attack. Like Spolstra will destroy DeAndre Jordan. Oh, absolutely. And Thibel, even like I remember yeah. specifically multiple Miami games where the Sixers have yeah. court I believe Bodner did a piece earlier this year that he talked about on the podcast. And he talked about how the famous line that came from it was on one night, Thibel can shut down Steph Curry and on the next night he can shut down Tyrese Maxey. And mm. the point of that was in the Heat game specifically – that he fucks up the spacing so badly in the half court and in the playoffs, you're not going to be able to get out and run, even though, you know, there were times that we were able to, in the Raptor series, you're not going to be able to get out and run against this heat team as much as you would like to, even though they're a little bit older and a little bit less athletic than the Raptors. I do. I do feel as though that's going to be a point of emphasis for them. Like do not let Tyrese Maxey get leak outs. Do not let, them just like and and one of the things that the Sixers actually were doing was they were kind of giving into that once the Raptors were focusing on that like they would they would get out and they would all start to run and then they would except for Tobias Tobias was the only one that was looking to score on on the fast break and it feels as though they were kind of giving into that and because of that like Thibel if he is playing at all cannot be anything more than a spot minute guy that you throw on Jimmy Butler from time to time or even chasing Duncan Robinson around screens it, to, to slow down that action, that two-man game with Duncan Robinson and uh, Bam Adebayo. Like, I do think that this – I think that it's going to be a really close series, but I feel like the tactical advantages – like you said, we can, we can attack Hero, we can attack Robinson, we can attack 
I mean, Max Struess is a fine defender, but like, I'm just generally yeah, thinking. If, if you know Max Struess is going to just destroy Kill us. 100%. We're going to lose the series in six or seven, and we're going to be like, Max Struess and Gabe Vincent. Just those are the two guys. That just Max Struess will be the new Kevin Herter. Oh, 100%. Vincent, like, because I've, I've, I've spent like the last month watching the Heat and being like, there's no way we're going to lose to a team that's starting Max Struess. And that's gonna come back and bite me. Like I, I know that he's gonna he will hit the three in game seven, where it's gonna be we're gonna be up by one with twenty seconds left, and Max Drews will hit a three. That, that's that is gonna happen. Yeah, I mean that sounds about right because the, it it does feel as though those are the kind of guys that give the Sixers fits, and the shooters, especially guys, when because their goal is gonna be get Joel out of the paint, have Bam and and Robinson and and Struess and Hero run these two man actions with. Bam outside of the paint to get him out of there, and that's going to be concerning. My my bold prediction is that the Sixers will play Duncan Robinson off the floor, only for Gabe Vincent to become Duncan Robinson and bubble Duncan Robinson. <laughs> I, I just I I can see that coming. Where like game four, everyone's going to be Duncan Robinson is just so bad, and then Gabe Vincent will take over. The Gabe Vincent will turn into. Uh... I'm not kidding. Gabe Vincent is my most feared player in this series. <laughs> It's amazing. I really do feel as though the two players I fear the most on the Heat are Max Struess and, and, and Gabe Vincent for the same reasons. Like I think about it. Oladipo will turn into Pacers Oladipo. Yes. Well, I mean, I, I said the other day on Twitter that he should be a target for us on the MLE for next season. I feel as though he might be washed, but like, I don't know. Some games I watch him and I go, Oh shit. He looks pretty good. Like sometimes it's just tough shot making and stuff, but like, he looked pretty good in that game the other night. I mean, I know it was the Hawks, but like they were able like yeah, first off, the Jimmy Butler thing, like when they weird. when they sat Jimmy Butler, I was like, cause cause I think the Kyle Lowry thing, like I think he's really injured. Like I think that mm-hmm. the hamstring, it's a real injury. They're being precautious with it, but like I don't think they want to rush him back. Like he'll probably play in game one, but I don't think that Kyle Lowry's gonna be 100 percent He's like 35 years old. Like their whole team is pretty old except for Bam and Hero. And you look at that and you go like Jimmy, them sitting out Jimmy, like they just did not take the Hawks seriously at all. Like I thought yeah. that was a bold ass move just to sit out Jimmy for that game. I probably give the Hawks, I probably in my head think of the Hawks way better than they really are because <laughs> last year. But even though I constantly can't believe we lost to them, I still in my head are like, think they're better than they are. But yeah, like, cause it was weird. I thought like, if, cause if this goes back to Atlanta for game six, Hawks win that all of a sudden you're in a game seven. Right. So I thought that was weird, but yeah, like that Hawks thought going into the series, I thought the Hawks had a re- legitimate chance to win and the heat destroyed. I'm not even giving the heat credit for that. I'm just clearly, I overrated the Hawks. And yeah. Trey. Yeah. I mean, but, they sat out Jimmy and Lowry for the last game and Trey looked like fucking uh, shit the whole series. Lowry didn't play game four either. And he, yeah. Well, they won game Hawks won game three, but he didn't play in that one either. Yeah, yeah, he, he was. Yeah, he was out for a good chunk of that series, and it didn't really seem like they missed. But that was that is one of the advantages of having a ton of depth, and also that is one of the advantages of having a a bunch of guys yeah, like who use rest during the season. Like we say that, but if Gabe Vincent and Max Struess were here, they'd be they'd be terrible. Of course, but Gabe Vincent also- and Max Struess are two guys. They they're only good in Miami. Of course. Whenever they leave, they'll turn in. They'll be out of the league in two years. It's Spolstra. Like I'm not saying that they're not Spolstra merchants, but they're on I the am. heat. 
And in their, but but no, I what I'm saying is they are Spolstra merchants, but they're currently on the heat, and Eric Spolstra is the head coach, and he seems to figure out a way with these guys where you're just like, how the fuck is like, and then it it has to be. We need to we need to investigate HGH culture is what I'm trying to say is is what's going on in South Beach is. Who is Pat Riley's plug? Is what I'm so, wondering. Remember when? Remember when LeBron looked washed when he was in Cleveland his first year, and then he went to Miami, and all of a sudden he had the best four year stretch of his career. Why did he go to Miami? Stay woke. I'm telling you, all these guys they go to Miami and then they're like good again, or they were never good before and then they're suddenly good. I don't know. It's weird. It's I, I, just, I ask Silver. I huh? tell so I ask Silver. No one cares about the Heat really yeah adam silver no one cares like it's a 75th anniversary year don't you want six or celtics in the conference finals come on adam come on good point you can easily give give us this win you definitely make a lot more money if it were six or celtics not only yeah. from i think the star power that you would get in the eastern conference finals with that but also the fan bases would be more willing to pay and money everyone, to go to the I'm- games and watch the games Stephen A. Smith will be having a conniption on his first take every day over James Arden. Like, uh, come on now. No one cares. Put in the call. Put in the call, Adam. No one. No one cares about the Heat. No, Uh, the Heat are very much a franchise that exists just to make me mad, which is why I think they're going to win the series. So I just want to come out and say that I do think it's it's going to be one of those situations where like. This, the, a lot of the games are close and the Heat just execute better down the stretch. And Jimmy Butler is going to go fucking sicko mode this series if he if he's healthy. Like, I think that he's going to destroy us in a way because I've been making fun of him. And, like, they, they've lost – I did a Heat Pack episode, like, a month ago, and they've lost one game since then. Oh, what, really? That's – I remember that. That's They're, like, 12-1 and one in, since that episode. Yeah, I – see, I look at this – objectively and i think the sixers are the better team and i kind of think they're going to win but then i have this barrier with this team where i'm just not going to believe they're going to get out of the second round until i see it yeah like i just i like i in my head i picture them like i think we win in six but then like can i really picture them winning in six and then going to the conference finals i'm not sure well it depends do you think that getting beating the demons that were the Raptors demons with Joel struggling against them in the regular season, all these years and in the playoffs, never losing in Toronto and all that, even though the Sixers were clearly the better team with more talent and all that shit. Do you think that that was a level of like, that would give them the confidence? Cause it feels like this team is very dependent on just being confident. And if yeah. that does that series win, is that enough to get them over the hump that they can just be like, fuck it, we're the better team, let's go down there and, like, have the mentality that, like, the Sixers have just never had. Yeah, that's why I said I thought, I honestly thought it was a good thing they lost game five and had to go into Toronto game six and just destroy them. They won by 35. That is, I I feel like they are a team when they are playing with juice, they're playing together. You can tell, like, they, they're just on, they look like the best team in the league, frankly. Yeah. But when, when things go bad and, they tend to like when things go bad, it, it's not just one game. It tends, they tend to go bad. Yeah. So that will be my concern in this series is like if they lose game one in Miami and it's like an ugly game and a beat is 22 points and they lose by 10, can they bounce back, go win game two in Miami? Cause like you need and then to Harden's, Harden's out at Fountain Blue that night. He's got Maxi and Niang with them. I can, I can already see, I can already see the Philly the sports radio hosts losing their mind because Harden's going to be at a club on Monday night. 
Of course. Of course. 100% chance that happens. Even Did you see the video of him where they he was out at the club with like Shake and DeAndre and yeah. all them like yeah. 2 weeks ago? It was, it was after wasn't no yeah, I think it was after game 1. Okay. Yeah, so it was like 2 weeks ago almost. Yeah. At that point. And it, well, it was after a win. Yeah. And he was like, got saw that the person was recording him, and he just like froze, like, <laughs> like they couldn't see him if he didn't move. Like, he was just like, I mean, there will be plenty of eyes on him in this series on the court, off the court. It's going to be interesting because I do think that Miami has some defenders. Like, they'll put, we'll see. Because if Jimmy really is hurt, that is a massive factor. Yeah, Jimmy. Because if the Heat win this series, the one thing I will say I have to give Jimmy credit for is he's adaptable. So, like, do you remember in the Celtics series in the bubble when, like, the so Jimmy, when he was on the Sixers, had to be, like, the scorer, like, the the the, the punch. And he he showed that against the Bucks in the bubble again after he showed it against the Raptors for, for stretches in the playoffs. And he showed it with the heat against the Bucks, and he was just dominant scoring-wise. And then when the Celtics were like, we're not going to let Jimmy score on us, he became kind of like point Jimmy. He's kind of like Harden, an mm-hmm. older version of Harden in that regard, and that he can be adaptable. But if the knee isn't right, like he is someone who relies on like defensively, he's going to need a lot of lateral quickness. Um, not that the Sixers have a ton of guys, but like if he's hobbled, like – that is a matchup that like they need to have him because he's really their only shutdown perimeter guy. Like they don't have shutdown yeah. perimeter guys. Except, bam, if they go heavy switching, sure. But then again, are you going to go heavy switching with Joel and Bead? Like I, yeah. I don't know. Like are you going to want to get Tyler Hero <laughs> matched up against yeah, Joel and Bead? They do not. They do not have the personnel to be switching against them because Embiid yeah. will destroy anyone. Like right. But like he's, uh, Jimmy does. He is someone that is just so adapt- adaptable. Like he's in the ball. I don't remember anything from the bubble, but it sounds right. <laughs> Did it really happen? Yeah, but yeah, Jimmy like Bubbles. if he if he's bang if he's like seventy percent, and Lowry's obviously not going to be hundred percent. I don't think the Sixers are going to should win this series almost 100%. easily. because yeah. Jimmy for the Heat to win this series, Jimmy is going to have to be just a monster, which I expect him to be. But, um, yeah, because the Heat are kind of a weird team because as much as they are like the Raptors where they'll just throw a ton of guys at you, ton of good defenders, lengthy guys, they also have a bunch of guys you can't exploit for Harden and Maxi with Robinson and Hero and Struess, even though. Yeah. I, to be honest, I do not know a thing about Max Struess' defense. Just with the name Max Struess and what he looks like, he's got to be a bad defender. <laughs> but. <laughs> He's a white guy. Um, yeah. Okay. I mean, Hero and Robinson have said before they're like, yeah, I'm we sure think we get attacked defensively sure. because of, because we're white. And I'm like, well, you're and, also not yeah. good defenders. I don't. Yeah, really I'm, I'm sure. Then I'm sure Max Drews is a good defender by the nerds' metrics or something. I I, I don't believe it. I mean, he's well, definitely um, a better defender than Tyler Hero just based on yeah. the fact that he is big. Like, I mean, like Hero isn't actually a bad defender. It's just that he has small yeah. arms and he's skinny and can get bullied mm-hmm. and all that shit. Like. Like, that is one of the things that I've thought about a lot is, like, the Sixer, the Raptors did not have any guys that the Sixers could exploit in the half court when things got bad. Like, things got bad, and it was like, we guess, I guess we just hope we get switched on to, like, Gary Trent Jr. or something, yeah. and we can make something of it. The 
Heat have multiple defenders that they can hopefully target. I mean, we saw in Philly when we didn't have Harden and Embiid for that game, and Maxi and Tobias and Shake and Furkin were just fucking destroying Tyler Hero. And the hope is that if Jimmy isn't 100%, then they're going to need to rely, and especially with Lowry potentially being hobbled, whatever it is, they're going to need to rely on guys like Depot and Hero and dudes who are not used to, you know, being able to kind of stay on the court as much as they should be able to because they just need the shot creation offensively so desperately. So it will be interesting to see if we can get a, like a bogged down kind of playoff matchup. If it, I think that probably plays into the Heat's hands a little bit better just because of their style. But like, I still think that the, I, once again, I think it goes seven. I think the Heat will win the series in seven because I only exist to be, you know, fucking tortured by Jimmy Butler and, and the <laughs> Miami Heat. But I also think, and also Tyler Hero will probably, like, do some TikTok dance I've never seen after hitting a game winner. And I'll Man, you're going to hate myself. Hero so much after this. I hate him already. I hate him already. But like, yeah, I hate him. Yeah. 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 Duncan He's, Robinson, too. Just yeah. the white guys. We're going to hate the white guys. I just, I hate them so much. I really don't, like, I hate, I hate Jimmy because of everything that happened here. Yeah, I, like, I, I do like Jimmy. Yeah. I probably won't enter the series, but I've always liked Jimmy, even before he was here. Yeah. Lowry, Lowry I used to like before Raptors fans started acting. Yeah, 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 yeah. I same. don't like him. Same. Yeah. Bam's uh, fine. Bam, I mean, I think Bam's overrated, but I think defensively I, he's very good. The Heat are like Amer the American Raptors to me, where I just, I don't respect them. <laughs> and their fans are annoying. Yeah. And I really want to beat them. And that's, they have this stupid culture thing, which is just, oh my God. It's oh, so annoying about that. But uh, yeah, I, I, this series, I don't see a way where, I don't see a world where this series isn't like six or seven grinded out. Just yeah. Awful games. It's going to be just awful to watch. We're, we're going to be a total hell. Both it's sides. Yeah. Like it's going to be 90 to 88 every game. Yeah. Um, I, I guess I do feel good about this series. I don't know. I don't know. I, I really feel I felt better felt about good. it heading into the playoffs, but we also like we we have to consider how down and out were the were those Hawks because they seem like they did not want to even be in that series. But. Oh yeah, I, I I think the Hawks had a miserable season. I think they were pretty much done. Where yeah. the Heat were like the Heat were like the Jimmy injury. Like, all right, we're fine with taking this to a game six. They're like, we're not Hawks yeah. are not. But yeah, um, yeah, I don't respect the Heat at all. If they beat us, I still won't respect them. <laughs> um, the, the bubble run was the fakest thing I've ever seen aside from the Hawks last year um, <laughs> uh, yeah but like it's basically it comes down to what I said I, I feel like they have so many exploitable guys Robinson, Hero, Struce for Maxi to exploit and Harden I guess I'm sure Harden will get locked up by Duncan Robinson and <laughs> it'll be like what's well, going on Ben Simmons got locked up by Duncan Robinson last year remember that famous clip where he was no, posting up uh, there's a clip where Ben's trying to post up Duncan Robinson because he got him sure on a switch. Yeah, sure. And, yeah, and uh, Robinson doesn't budge at all, and then Ben just passes it back out to Embiid, who's on the perimeter, and it sails by his head. Yeah, I don't remember that. But he yeah, like, like I, I, I felt good about this matchup since like January. I just don't. I, I think that in this type of series, my hope is would be Embiid is just so much better than anyone on the Heat. Yeah, and in a, in a series that's going to be as close as this series is going to be, I think having the better player just could be the difference maker. Very easily, usually is the difference maker. 
True. Maybe it won't be in this series, but I, so that's why I think, I think I'd pick the Sixers in seven. But like I said earlier, I have this mental barrier where I can't picture them actually getting to the conference finals until, until they, do. they do. Especially against a good coach like Spolstra, a yeah. team that makes a lot of sense, was the one seed like, regardless of how we feel about them as a playoff team. We're, we're in year five now of this era, of the Embiid era. Yeah. They've never won this type of series. Nope. They've never won this series where we're going into saying it's going to be close. It's going to be a toss-up. They've never won. The nope. only series they've ever won are the series, the easy, the first round series against easy teams that aren't very good. Yeah, so, it's true. We'll see. And I do think that I don't know. I think that like the Tobias Jimmy matchup is going to be interesting because Tobias has looked fantastic. Like. I think he was our most consistent player in the first round. I thought that he showed up every night. He hustled. His defense was fantastic. Offensively, the shot came and went, but he was willing to take the shots. He was making quick decisions. If we get that version of Tobias for this series, I think it's going to go far. I think if the Heat can kind of get into his head, if they put even if they put like a PJ Tucker on him, like that could be a tough matchup. My fear with the Heat would be that they seem like a team that is equipped to really turn Tobias back into old Tobias with Tucker is a tough matchup and he's then he could get in his head bunch of switchy wings Jimmy Jimmy and Tucker and even Bam for stretches when Embiid's not on the court yeah but um yeah that would be my concern they need Tobias to be the Tobias that we just saw for this series to win this series absolutely and Tobias defensively we'll see how he does against Jimmy because if they put him on Jimmy do you think they start with Danny Green on Jimmy is my question Probably, yeah. I think so too. Because yeah. I think that, the, like, to me, the, the, Although, there's a major... you just made me worried because now I think about Game it. One. Would he start Matisse? And no, say we need someone to play Jimmy. I don't think he will. I don't, that, I hope not. I think that he, I think that the last series was an obvious indicator that Thibel is nothing more than a spot minute player, if at all a playoff player that you can yeah. play. And I do think that he will get some run in this series, I but just, I don't think they're going to rely on him as much as I'm they just, used to. I'm just not going to try at any point. Yeah. And it's just, man, I, I he if there was any coach who would watch that series and then go to the next series and be like, let's put him back in the starting lineup, it would be Doc. True, true. So the major difference between last year when we put Danny on Trey is that Trey has the ability to – shoot pull up threes mid-range pull-ups he can get into the paint he can do he can run pick and rolls throw alley oops jimmy is as great great of a player as he is he is much more limited in terms of what he's going to do with off the bounce creation than a guy like trey was especially last year and i'm thinking that they probably start with danny see how it goes danny's actually like even during his Sixers tenure, and I know he's almost 35 years old, but like even during his Sixers tenure has done a decent job against kind of bigger, slower, not that Jimmy's slow, but like slower. He's not like a quick mm-hmm. jitterbug guard. He's not, a, he's not a Trey. No, he's not a Trey or he's not even like a Bradley Beal. Who's no. like, will just like, like be, beat you with uh, his like, you know, off the dribble athleticism, quickness, like whatever, like, He's quick, but like like he's a he he really uh, dominates with his physicality and his ability to like get by you and stuff. And it will be interesting to see if Danny can keep up with that. But 
I think they start with Danny just because I think that Tobias was so important to them in the last series that they might either try to save Tobias in in order to see if he can take that matchup later, or they will ho- hope that. I think personally, you could go either way. I mean, they, they might just hope that because Tobias was important to them offensively in the last series as well as defensively, that he can stay out of foul trouble. Um, and Jimmy's really good at drawing fouls, like Siakam. Siakam gave the Sixers problems at times, but like Jimmy's like a much better version of what Siakam's going to do. And that is the one thing that worries me about that matchup is that Jimmy take is definitely going to take this personally. Yeah, because, Jimmy, I, like I'm already, Jimmy's going to destroy us. Like, yeah, that's just, that's just the given shut down the other guys. Yeah. I'm with you. I think you just, you, you kind of can't really worry about Jimmy doing, doing his bullshit. Like if he's going to hit pull up threes, you have to live with it. Like you just yeah. can't, you can't worry about that in the same way that the Hawks were just like, whatever, like you, you can have these pull up threes. They're not, even if he's making these bullshit shots, he's like a 19% three point shooter on the season. Yeah, if he's doing it. that, you lose a series. Like that's kind of how yeah, it is. Like, um, I do think he's a better three point shooter than like that says, I just agree. because I feel like he hates shooting threes. And you, I feel like we see this every year. He saw it in Philly. He doesn't yeah. like to shoot threes in the playoffs. He shoots threes because he kind of has sure. to in the playoffs to survive. Yeah. So yeah, like he's not like a Ben Simmons level, like just no. play off him. But you're going to have to live with those shots. If Jimmy shoots three of five from three in a game and puts up 35 points, you're gonna lose. You're probably gonna lose. Right. And exactly. you just take it. You have to yeah. take what you can. You you can. Uh, you know, yeah, I I think that Joel's Joel's protect paint protection is gonna have to be impeccable this series it's gonna have Joel, to be really really good this really is going to have this and this is going to have to be just an incredible series from Embiid well on both yep. ends yeah like you know because Bam Bam's obviously he's a very good defender but he's 6'9 I believe yeah so that's three inches taller he's gotta he's gotta take Bam and yep. if he gets what if the Heat do decide to switch which I don't think they will and they he gets yeah, and he gets, but if he, he gets on, you know, PJ Tucker or Jimmy, he's got to just destroy him. He's got to take it personally, just destroy him. Yeah, I agree. And it will be interesting to see in terms of like matchup wise, like, I don't know. We'll see who, who they put on the Struce Robinson. In theory, Maxi should be the one that can like run around screens and defend yeah, like that. Maxie. But he's yeah, just, Maxie, but he's just so small that you're you like, can't put, you can't put Harden on him. Yeah, no, absolutely mm-hmm. not. Yeah, you you'll put Harden on Tucker. You'll put Harden on Tucker. You'll h- yeah. try to hide him in the corner. Hope that Tucker doesn't do his bullshit where he's actually been kind of attacking closeouts and getting finger rolls somehow this year. I don't really understand. You know, you know, you know he will. It's whatever. It, I mean, it is what it is. Like, if anything that Harden can do is it's defend in the post. So, like, if PJ Tucker wants to try that, the one, the one thing I will say about the Heat, even though I don't respect them, and I think we're. <laughs> <laughs> well equipped to beat them they have so many guys that you could play yeah. in a like a lab that are just that would destroy the sixers like gabe vincent 100%. the gabe vincent game max Struess, pj tucker like 100%. pj tucker will have a game pj tucker will have a game in the series where he goes five for six from three sure makes a couple of things and all of a sudden it's like pj tucker scored 27 points in game yeah. four and we're down three one because pj tucker scored 27 points i mean but He's kind of like their version of Danny. Like, I mean, like Danny, if we get this version of Danny that we got in the last series, I feel really good about our starting five. And I think that's important in a series like this because your starting five, except for Danny, are probably going to have to play like 40 minutes a game for you to win the series. Yeah, if you get the way Danny played in this series is just incredible. It saved him. Yeah, I mean, he was four for nine in game five, four for seven last night. 
Yeah. Don't I, I don't remember his numbers from the first four games exactly off the top of my head. But he played well he, in games he, one and two. He did. I just I don't remember his shooting numbers. Yeah. yeah. But um yeah, if you get that Danny for this series, you're you're in great shape. Yep. That the, the fear is if you get the Danny that we saw for most of the season, you're right. screwed. But and Spolcher will take advantage of that for sure because he's yeah. not worried about leaving Danny and, and recovering and like they'll they'll just try to run him off the line and be like, look, we'll let you attack any closeout you want, it's Danny funny. Green. I went, I went into like a, the Heat subreddit yes last night just to yeah. see what they were saying. By the way, you're just saying, embarrassing. No. Just an embarrassing amount of Raptors fans on there. Just have oh some shame. god, do I hold have on? Were they doing the hey Heat fans? Yeah. I yeah. it's the most cringe-worthy own, shit. Own those, you're not you're not from another nation. Well, technically you are from another nation. <laughs> they, but they, they act from. like they're from like a war-torn nation that like has like a fucking thousand-year-old rivalry and they're like I come in peace. I'm a fan of the Raptors and I'm rooting for you guys. And Kyle Lowry, I shut up. I hate I when fans the top, do that shit. The top 3 posts on the Eat subreddit were Raps fan here. <laughs> But anyway, like I went in, and the Heat were like Heat fans were like weird. Most of the comments on there were Raps fans, but the Heat fans were like weirdly worried about Shake Milton because <laughs> he cooked them in the last game. <laughs> they were like, they were like the way we talk about Gabe Vincent. Like, oh, God, <laughs> I was confused. They were like weirdly, really worried about Shake Milton. That's actually incredible. I look. I thought Shake was fine in the series. I think that he had like one or two bad games, and I felt like he's a fine guard wing option to play. Yeah, 10 sorry, I didn't think he. I didn't think he could play in the playoffs, and he proved me wrong they, in that series. We'll see if yeah. he doesn't. Defensively, he was really bad in the one game, uh, game five, I believe. But other than that, I thought that he was pretty good. Like he had a few blown rotations where I was like, "Fucking hell, what are you doing?" But. Once again, you're hoping that he only is in there to shoot threes. And, like, regardless, offensively, he's much more advanced than, like, Danny. Even if his role isn't, like, ideal. Like, like Danny's role is ideal for what this team needs, which is a guy who's going to stand in the corner and shoot a bunch of threes. But Shake, like, at least can attack a closeout and can run a little bit of offense when you get into panic situations like he can have the ball a little yeah. bit even with Harden or Maxi on the court so yeah, like it will be interesting to he's see he's definitely emerged as the as one of the, the bench guy that you put in there i, I thought it was going to sure. be Furkan. i trust him. I, thought, I thought it was going to be Furkan and same better i but. agree i think shakes much better i think that his mentality has just been kind like he's kind of been like hooper shake since harden got yeah. here yeah, and apparently they're boys. I've heard like like uh, Harden's like a big fan of Shakes, so I think that Shakes Shakes always been a heat check guy. He's always been a confidence dude. And if you have someone like Harden in your corner, who, as we've joked about before, is like the thousandth percentile outcome for Shake Milton, like that it must do wonders for his confidence. And yeah. I think that it's shown. Like he's basically been like, "Look, dude, like you're a shooter. Like we all we need you to do is shoot and move the ball and do whatever you need to do defensively, and you can you can hang, you can play." And I think that it's been it's been awesome to see him kind of have a little bit of like a role adjustment because he was never going to be an on ball guy. He just doesn't have the athleticism or the decision making to really be a consistent on ball guy. But like off the ball, on the ball, shake, I can fuck with that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this series will come down to Shake Milton versus Gibbons. <laughs> there we there we go. Put it in stone, dude. Uh, all right, before we get out of here, two things. Do we want to talk a little bit about some of the other series? Buck Celtics, I think the Celtics are going to cruise. Yeah, I think Celtics win in five. Same. Yeah. 
Giannis is too good to get swept. Like I think Giannis, Giannis would win a game. Giannis will get game three in Milwaukee. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. the Celtics but, are just too good right now. And no Middleton. Yeah, like that's a killer. Even Celtics, with Middleton, even with yeah. Middleton, I think the Celtics probably in same. seven. Yeah, the same. Bucks. I think the Bucks are going to really regret not going for home court because yeah. those first two games, Boston's a really that might be the toughest place to play in the playoffs. Yeah, it is, and you're gonna you could go down. You could be down two zero. And yep. And Boston starts series really well, and the Bucks suck at the beginning of every series. Like they make adjustments, and they figure it out over the course of a series. Where it's, it feels like it's the opposite for the Celtics. I think, I think that's over in five as well. I think that uh, if we look around the league at the other ones, I think. I mean, I've said I think the Celtics are going to the finals. I, we'll see, yeah. but um, I think that the I think Golden State's going to destroy whoever comes out of the Minnesota yeah. or Grizzlies. Like that's not even going to be. The Grizzlies, yeah. man. The, How are they back even to, winning this series? Back, oh my god, it's unbelievable. The, the Grizzly, the, the Timberwolves have been the better team all six games outside of like two twenty to two runs by the Grizzlies. That have it's just crazy. shifted the series. Yeah, um, it should be over. Grizzly, Grizzlies Warriors gives me the vibe of a series that the Grizzlies are going to win game one. Everyone's going to be like, oh wait, wait, the Grizzlies, the Warriors are going to just smoke them the next four. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree with um, that. I think that will be over in five. Um, and then the last series, which by the yeah. way. RIP to the great era of the Utah Jazz. Oh, what a way to cap off the night. The Mitchell Gobert. Yeah, what a fantastic outcome of uh, Bojan Bogdanovich completely whiffing a wide open three to end the Mitchell like Gobert era in Utah. When, uh, when they blow it up this offseason, Daryl's got to get in on some of those Jazz role players. I would love it. Bojan? I'd love Bojan. Danny, I don't know the salaries off the top of my head, but Danny for Boyan, Danny in a first for Boyan or something. The only thing I worry about Boyan is that defensively he looked pretty bad in the series, but yeah. I can live with having an insane shooter that uh, another one to put next to uh, Harden and Embiid would be pretty fucking nice. I don't know if he could survive defensively in the playoffs, but Royce, Royce O'Neal, who I think is only good in theory. I don't really know if he's actually good. I can never tell with that guy, but he seems like someone that would probably be our best two-way wing, which is funny. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Danny, okay. does Danny still like Thibault? Danny Ainge? Can we hit him up and see That's if we can? Good, uh, Danny and Th- Thibault for someone. That's a good, yeah. There we go. Danny and Thibault. That's, that's our Thibault team. That's our package. Utah Jazz, baby. Well, look, politically, he's going to love Utah. <laughs> yeah, I love Utah. They'll all love him, too. Dude. None of them are vaccinated. But um, he's also from the Pacific Northwest. It's not far. Uh, so, yeah, the Jazz are toast. Do you think Mitchell or Gobert gets traded this offseason or both? I'm going to say both. Wow. Yeah, I'll say both. Gobert, I think he's definitely getting traded. Well, yeah. actually, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not like plugged in with the Jazz fans enough to really know. Yeah. But if I were them, I trade both. Like, because I think you at minimum you have to choose between one or the other. Right. And neither of them are good enough where I'm building a team around. So you might right. as well just trade both. Yeah. If you, like if they if they can get a, if they can get a ton from the Knicks for Mitchell, I'd do it. He's a he's not that good. Okay. Everyone keeps saying that about Danny Ainge, like oh he's gonna go in Trader Danny, like whatever. And I'm like, mm, doesn't know the history. What's up? He doesn't make trades. Not anymore. Like, he was way too conservative, if anything, the last few years in Boston. Like, Brad Stevens was way more aggressive in his first year than Danny Ainge was in his last three years. Like, Danny does not make the Derek White trade. Yeah, no. He's not giving up a first-round pick ever. 
no. he, he's not going to do that. He wouldn't even give up the first round pick to get off the Kemba contract to get Horford. I bet like that's yeah, not. Yeah. So I do think that uh, I I'll make a prediction. I think they trade Gobert. They try to make things work with Mitchell, and then they end up having to trade him in a year or two. Like that's my oh, prediction. That that's what I hope happens because that will be a disaster. Hundred percent, it's going to be a disaster, and we we need the Ben Simmons for Gobert trade to happen. For I don't need that. I I don't need that to happen. The Nets will be really good. I don't need that. That's a good point, actually. Yeah, never mind. I mean, the Nets. I think the Nets are going to be really good. As much as I, as much as I, as much as we hate Gobert, yeah, he could make some teams like really good. He could, yeah. Like the Hawks get Gobert, Gobert and Trey. That's a scary tandem. Yeah, it's like they're the complete inverse of each other as players too. Like yeah. you could not imagine yeah. two more different players than Trey Young and Rudy Gobert. Yeah, but um, so what's the last series? Did we? Okay, so the Mavs and the Mavs. Suns. Do you think the Mavs have a chance in that series? I do actually. Uh, the Suns they didn't look they didn't look like the Suns in the regular season in the Pel series. Yeah, uh, Booker is. I don't think Booker's hundred percent. Chris Paul's right. always got something going on, and the Mavs. I. The Mavs are just really good. Like they are. We've kind of just ignored it the entire year, but they're really good. Uh, I'd pick the Suns in six probably, but I could see the Mavs pulling pulling out a series win there. Yeah, I think I'd probably go Suns in seven, just because I think that the Suns are. I mean, I don't know, dude. Like you're you're one Luca. Like Luca's probably the best player in that series, oh, yeah. and. The way that Brunson's been playing, as people have pointed out, he just play outplayed Donovan Mitchell in a playoff series, like. Dude is a gamer and like, yeah, like the Suns could, I mean, the Mavs could definitely win that series. Yeah. Mavs could easily win that series. I'll go. All right. So I, I, I will go with what I want to see in the West because it doesn't affect me as much as the Eastern conference does, but I do want to see Suns warriors yeah, same. Western conference finals. Cause I think those are the two best teams that they have been all season. And I would like to see how that series shakes out. Like, I think that would be an all time. That would yeah. be the best Western Conference Finals since the Rock, like we said, since the Rockets, Rockets the TP3. Yeah, 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 yeah. So ultimately, I think that's probably what's going to happen. But these these next few games and uh, series are going to be awesome. I hope that the yeah. Timberwolves win tonight and extend it yeah. to. I think seven. I think they will too. They're the better team. They've been the better yeah. team the whole series. I, I picked them in Game Seven, probably. Yeah, honestly. Oh. And also, Kevin O'Connor, what is up with you putting the Grizzlies ahead? The Grizzlies haven't even made it out of round one, and you put them on your power rankings ahead of the Sixers? What? The Sixers would beat the Grizzlies in five. Yeah, the Grizzlies are way more fraudulent than I thought that they would be. Yeah, I I didn't think they'd have the success they had in the regular season, but I thought they'd be – when I said that, I thought that meant like they'd lose to the Warriors in six. Same. Like, they're a first round out, really. Like – in any nor if you don't get a few different plays like, swinging I remember, in your favor yeah like i remember saying before the play when seeding was playing out the last week i remember saying well if the, if the grizzlies should probably want to avoid the mavs because the mavs will give them a lot of trouble maybe that'll right. they could win that series now i think the mavs would sweep them yeah i think the mavs would win that series too i yeah i can't believe how bad the, i mean the grizzlies half court offense and the fact that they were kind of built on depth kind of tells you everything you need to know about them right now yeah Jaron Jackson Jr. can't stay on the court. He fouls everyone. 20, 26 fouls in five, in, uh, in five games or something. That's incredible. Absolutely insane. But all right. Well, RIP Raptors pack is up. See ya. Heat See ya. pack up next. Hopefully, 
maybe next time we talk, uh, we, you know, I will still be alive because I won't be killed. Like, this is my version of your Raptors. Like, I trashed so, the Heat for so long. I can't, we, at this point, the Raptors fans have aligned themselves with the Heat so shamelessly. True. It's truly embarrassing. Like, <laughs> it's really embarrassing. Like, you guys can't be doing this. Like, oh my God. Like, but they've clearly aligned themselves and made it so a way that this is now Sixers Raptors part two. Oh, okay. Right. So we can beat them twice. That would be incredible. If we lose them, they're going to be like the Raptors just beat the Sixers. It's and true. That's not the case. Yeah. The Sixers beat the Raptors. You're done. We're playing the Heat now. We're the villains now, though. Even though the Heat are, we're the domestic no, Raptors, use the team Raptors, and all that stuff. Like, we're seen as the villains and I embrace it. We're seen as the villains, but the Raptors fans are the villains, really, because they're. <laughs> You know, like they're sending death threats to people. Like that, they're, they're, that's the problem. All right. Well, let's hope for a death threat free series this time around. No, no death threats. No, I, I honestly think that the Heat fans are going to be mad at me and and ratio me and yell at me all the time. The Heat, I've been really just the Heat fans have aligned themselves with the Raptors fans. Of course. Like I was going into it, I was like, Coalition. The Heat fans are annoying, but they'll be chill. Well, maybe they'll be chiller than the Raptors. Yeah. Fans. But now they've aligned themselves to the Raptors fans. So the Raptors fans will rub off on them. And I'm sure we'll be getting some death threats from South Beach by game two. I can take it. As long as as long as long they're not personally directed at me, I think that I will be fine. <laughs> and if they are, then I'll probably have to disappear for a little bit from the internet because <laughs> I'm genuinely worried about my own safety. But, Mike, thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. Uh, let's talk soon. And uh, go Sixes, baby!